We talk about being good stewards. We typically think only about giving. But the reality is a, a steward was simply a manager of the resources that belonged to, to someone else. And that's what we are. We are stewards of God's resources. I know those resources come in many different forms. Some of it is money. There's talent. There's time. Uh, you know, all these different things that have come from God, we are managers of them. So that's why yesterday we talked about trying to do better with managing our resources. But then a part of being pleasing to our God, the source of our blessings, is to give back to Him in a generous way, in a way that supports His priorities. And that's, that will be our focus today as we talk in, this morning about giving that feels good. Everybody wants to be a giver, okay? Right? Isn't that, I mean, I don't know anybody that says, no, I don't want to be known as a giver. How many of us at, you know, at our funeral want it to be said, well, so-and-so was a decent person, but boy, they sure were stingy. Anybody want, to, want that to be? No. We all want to be givers and known as givers, but why aren't we always givers? I think part of the answer to that question is sometimes we, when we do give, it doesn't feel good. We like things that feel good. And this morning, I hope you're going to see that, that giving can feel good, but it ultimately all boils down to my motive for giving. This morning, we're going to look at five possible motives for giving. Uh, in our, our time together this morning, we're stopping at quarter after. Okay, all right. This is a Bible class, too, so as we have time and opportunity, I would welcome questions and, and input as well. So why do we give? Okay? In a few minutes, the, uh, the collection plate is going to come by, and most will put something in it. It may be some token amount so that, you know, we can say we gave something. Maybe somebody will observe the Passover. Is it too early to catch that joke? Do you know there are, we still observe the Passover? There are those who, when the plate comes by, they observe the Passover. So there will be those who don't put anything in. But when it comes by, if you give, why? Why? Five possible motives we're going to look at this morning. The first possible motive is guilt. Guilt. Uh, the, and this is the, when the plate comes by, I, I don't want to not do something, and so I'm going to give something. And, and this is what I'm calling have-to giving. I am giving because I feel like I have to. If I don't give, it's going to look bad, uh, if, if I don't give, it's, um, I'm, I'm going to feel kind of guilty about it. By the way, uh, one Sunday uh, somewhere where I was, I, uh, I was preaching on giving, and that morning forgot to bring the contribution. And so when the plate came by, I had to observe the Passover. And I tell you, it's a bad feeling. Uh, and, and so there are those who give, uh, because they feel like they have to. What I want to do this morning as we look at these various possible motives is to examine the pros and cons about them. In um, talking about this particular motive, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7. By the way, you can go ahead and turn in your Bible to 2 Corinthians 9. We'll be in 
in chapters 8 and 9. Uh, and once you get there, you can stay there because that, that will be our focus for a text. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7, Paul uh, encourages generosity and he encourages them to be cheerful givers. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7, he says, Let each one do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion. Why? Because God loves a cheerful giver. And so when we think about this idea of, of people giving out of guilt or because they feel like they have to, that's actually not even a biblical motive to do so. This word cheerful is, is related in, in its etymology. It is related to our word hilarious. I, I enjoy this so much that I'm actually cheerful about doing it. Now, when the plate comes by or there are some other opportunities to give that are outside of the assembly, do you, you're, are you so happy about that that you're actually cheerful about it? Well, that's what the Bible says God really likes. And you, know, you and I can understand that, can't we? We just came out of a gift-giving season. And perhaps you got a gift for Christmas from a loved one. But, you know, even more important than what that gift is to us, it's how they gave it. Here. Yeah, had to get you something. How's that feel? That almost feels like, you know what, you just keep it, right? Your spouse gives you something. Well, you know, didn't really want to, but hey, it's Christmas, so here you go. Child, you know, whatever. My brother and I, when we were kids, my, uh, my parents made us give each other Christmas gifts. We didn't want to because it cost us money. Uh, and that's, you know, we were immature and very selfish. And so we worked out an arrangement. He would give me $3 and I would give him $3. And, that and then we satisfied the requirement of our parents to be considerate of each other. Well, there's no love behind that, is there? But now what about the one who is so excited and they thought about you and they were mindful of what you like and what you prefer and they got that for you and they were so excited about giving it to you. How does that feel? We know how God feels, right? When God says, I love a cheerful giver, I don't want you giving because you feel like you have to. I don't want you giving out of guilt. I want you to give because you want to. Let's talk about the pros and cons of this. The, 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 the strength of this, I guess you could say maybe, is that, that guilt can be effective in having some people give that they might not have given otherwise. It's true, if anybody that gives out of guilt, there's more that was given than would have been given. But if you're looking for strengths to this motivation, that's about it. Uh, that's about it. After that, there's only weaknesses. Uh, and the most obvious weakness to this particular motivation is it's unbiblical in fact the bible says god says i don't want you giving out of compulsion or grudgingly and so it's unbiblical but i'll tell you uh, it is also one that is used very often how many times have you heard preachers say something to the effect you need to give or else and so guilt is used as a motivation to get people to give. And all the while, God's saying, no, that's, that's not what I want. 
another weakness of this particular motivation is that it brings no joy at all. Giving can be joyful. Another weakness is it doesn't help us outgrow materialism. We live in a materialistic society. We have materialistic tendencies. One of the, one of the antidotes to that is to give. But if I'm only giving out of guilt because I feel like I have to, that's not going to help that as well. So um, we think about uh, motivation. Number one is guilt, have to giving. All right, a second motivation for wh why somebody might give is responsibility. Uh, this is um, kind of the idea that what I would call ought to giving. I'm going to give because I feel like I ought to. I'm a part of this body, I'm a part of this church, and so I have a responsibility, and so I ought to give. Let's think about what he says in, uh, in our Bible in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 7. 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 7, by the way, these two chapters are, the, are probably the best passage in all the Bible, or in the New Testament for sure, about what God thinks about our giving and what he expects. 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 7, he says, But just as you abound, remember now he's talking about generosity, and not just giving, but generous giving. And in verse 7 he says, Just as you abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and all earnestness, in the love we inspired in you, see that you abound in this gracious work also. Now what is this gracious work that he's referring to? It's the giving. He says, so just like you want to improve in your love, your faith, your knowledge, all of these other things, you should be wanting to grow in this as well. And, and I think this passage implies that there is a, a sense of responsibility in our giving. And, uh, and, and we should be wanting to improve in that. And so as we think about strengths and weaknesses, this one has a strength in that because money is given for ministry, it feels better. I'm not now giving out of guilt. I'm giving from responsibility. And, and that's, that's an improvement for sure. Another possible strength we would think about with this is that it, um, it does help people learn responsibility. This is a trait that is important, important to God, it's important in our society, and it's especially important in the church that everybody, as a member of the body, has a responsibility in a number of ways. And so it's helpful when people learn to have responsibility. And so that's a good thing. But it, it does have an obvious weakness in that giving out of responsibility only out of responsibility, limits the joy. It's a good thing to give, and, and to give from responsibility is better than guilt, but there's still not the maximum amount of joy. It's almost like a legalistic approach. Okay, I'm supposed to do this, and so I do this, and now that I have done this, I'm done. And so it, there is the weakness of, of that, um, of thinking along those lines in our giving. I want to read to you a little poem that uh, I think really strikes at the heart of what we're talking about. Uh, it's called, I Ought. 
It's easy to think I ought is the end, the ultimate Christian ambition. But ought wears thin at a quarter to ten when you really want to go fishing. I should sounds good, but it's as dead as wood when it comes to doing what's right. For the good that I could, what my head knows I should, I usually don't in a tight. Somewhere in life, in all of our strife, there must come a noble transition that turns fear into love and ought into want. This is the nobler condition. For if all of our teaching just has us reaching for that which I should or I ought, I strongly surmise that we've closed our eyes to the real truths Jesus taught. I want is the thing that gives life its zing and puts our money where our mouth is, that gives us direction, provides our correction, and keeps our feet where our doubt is. So, when you would do a thing that you should, but know from your past that you won't, if you have faith as a grain, you'll find it's no pain to do what you ought if you want. It's true, isn't it? Now, understand, and by the way, we're, we're moving in progression uh, in these motives. We're moving in progression from least ideal to most ideal. But we also have to understand that in any congregation, we have all levels of spiritual maturity, don't we? Some of us, because we're new Christians, are less mature than some of the others who have been Christians for a lot longer. That's just normal. Isn't it true in our families, even in our physical families, there are those who are in different stages of maturity? And so if you find yourself thinking, well, boy, that, that, yeah, I think that's me. Don't worry, that, no problem, no problem. As long as you continue to mature, that's not where you want to stay. So if you find yourself honestly thinking, you know what, I've been giving, but it's only because I feel like I have to. Okay, okay. Just keep growing, keep maturing, and as you do, you will find that, that your priorities shift and how you're giving, how good it feels to not only be a giver, but a generous giver. So, motivation number two is responsibility. I feel like I ought to. All right, number three, a third possible motivation for why we give is needs. There are needs that are met and supplied through our giving. And, and this is what I would call I want to giving. This is a little more mature, isn't it? There are some needs that are out there. I can help fulfill them. And so I want to do that. And we find this sometimes, uh, especially in a special contribution situation. Uh, a few years ago, I was going to Haiti and uh, I was asked to bring, if I could provide some powdered milk for orphans. And within 10 days, so I only made this plea at my home congregation, within 10 days, $12,000 had been given for milk. People saw a need, they were touched in their heart, felt compassion, and they gave to meet that need. And you know what? Every one of them felt good about it. Every one of them felt good about it. It feels good 
to give to meet needs. Look at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 13 through 15. He continues in this same chapter, and he says, For this is not for the ease of others and for your affliction, but by way of equality. At this present time, your abundance being a supply for their want, that their abundance also may become a supply for your want, that there may be equality. As it is written, he who gathered much did not have, much, have too much, and he who gathered a little had no lack. Paul is illustrating, I think, uh, the importance of letting the church know about needs. There were some other brethren who were having some financial needs, and he let them know about it, and they supplied to help their brethren because there were needs. And that's a good thing, and Paul is reminding us that sometimes knowing a need kindles a desire to meet that need. And that's what they had done in this particular situation. We would want someone to share with us. Maybe someone has shared with us. Because we would want that for ourselves, we would also be willing to do that for others. So let's think about the strengths and the weaknesses of this particular motivation for our giving. One of the strengths is that giving to satisfy a need feels good. It really does. Uh, as I said with the, those who had given for that, the money for the milk, everybody could have taken those same dollars and spent them on themselves, right? But as selfish as that, or as, as selfish and as maybe self-satisfying as that may sound, I think probably all of them would say, no, I actually enjoyed that more. To give to meet a need felt better than just spending it on myself. And so it does feel good. And this kind of giving brings a cheerful heart. There is no compulsion here, okay? It brings a cheerful heart, and it comes from a good place. Um, I think another uh, strength of this motivation is that it, it helps people develop a generous spirit because they want to give, even sacrificially, to help meet the needs of others. And there certainly are always needs. And, um, and the church has ongoing needs every single week, right? And so it feels good to, to give in a way that meets needs. Uh, another thing is, uh, another strength, is it can raise larger sums of money. Isn't that interesting? There were, in 10 days, there were $12,000 given that I can almost assure you would not have been given had that need not been present and been known. And so one of the strengths of, so we have it, don't we? We have it. We have the resources. Uh, sometimes we don't know the need. Sometimes we don't have the desire to help it. But uh, this particular motive definitely raises larger sums for ministry and good work. But now there is a weakness, uh, and that is if, if my giving, giving generously, is dependent on a need, then my giving will also be limited by either my knowledge of the need or my approval of the need. Do you follow what I'm saying? If I'm giving because I like that need, that feels good. But then that's, there's another need that comes along and I think, I don't know. That's not really my cup of tea. 
uh, then I'm not going to. It may be a good, re, a good thing, but I may just ignore that request. Uh, did you know that the church has ongoing needs that don't really touch your heartstring? Um, this, this is a nice facility in which we can meet. Do you know there are obligations that go along with this facility? We have, uh, I'm pretty sure you've got an electric bill, right? Y'all still have electricity here? Like there's been some problems, right? Just joking. There's a bill, there's going to be an electric bill every month, right? Uh, there's probably a, a bill for the city to pick up the garbage and the sewage and the whole nine yards, all that. Does that touch your heartstring? Clay comes by this morning, oh, I just feel compelled to give for a power bill. Anybody ever thought that? It's important, and it's a need. But, and so if I'm, my giving is limited by either knowing the need or approving of the need, being touched by the need, then I'm still not going to be exactly giving in the best possible way because not all the needs are either known or, or touch our heartstrings. And so uh, this is a good need, I mean a, a good motivation. It's just not yet quite to the level that really feels good all of the time. And, uh, and the church has ongoing needs that all of us who are members of the church should be wanting to help out with. All right, so motivation number three is needs because I want to. All right, no, motivation number four is thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And this is what I would call can't help it giving. Can't help it. Uh, Paul indicates that it's good for the church to help supply the needs of God's people, but uh, he doesn't want them to stop with this motivation. So look with me. Now we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 at verses 10 through 15. This is a powerful passage that we're going to read together. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, starting at verse 10. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, that's God, will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us is producing, there's our word, thanksgiving to God. We know God's been good to us. We, we feel thankful to Him. Verse 12, for the ministry of this service is not only fully supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing through the many through many thanksgivings to God. Because of the proof given by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedience to your confession of the gospel of Christ and for the liberality of your contribution to them and to all, while they also by prayer and on your behalf yearn for you because of the surpassing grace of God in you, and then he says these words. Remember, he's talking about giving, but he says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. You see what he's saying? He's saying that giving is a, a way of expressing thanksgiving to our God who has given us, us so much. And our physical giving is a tangible way of thanking him 
for all the ways He's blessed us, most notably the sacrifice of His Son for us. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. When we get to the point of the spiritual maturity that we recognize how good God has been to us, then we can't help but want to be generous with Him. God is so good. Would you agree? How good has God been to you? If you're like me, you, you're not even sure you can answer that question. It's too, it's too much. And Paul says, God has been so good to us that our giving back to Him is a tangible way of demonstrating our gratitude to Him. It's thanksgiving. Now, this obviously has some strengths. One of them is it feels very good. It feels very good to give when you are giving because you are grateful for the one to whom you're giving. That feels good. And when we're giving to God in a generous way because we recognize how good He's been to us, not only do we have everything we have because of Him, but even the spiritual blessings too. When we recognize that, and that drives our generosity, generosity to Him, that feels very good. Uh, and this type of giving points our hearts in God's direction. And I think it also makes us uh, focus on His work and His blessings in our life. Do you ever stop to count your blessings? And as the song says, name them one by one. I would encourage us to do that sometimes. And when we do, we can't help but feel a sense of gratitude that manifests itself in generosity to Him. It is a good thing to give out of gratitude. But, and while there's nothing wrong with this motivation for giving, I guess perhaps the only weakness is uh, if we're giving only out of thanksgiving, our giving is limited by our perception of thankfulness. If I'm giving generously because I feel thankful, then what will I do when I don't at times feel thankful? I probably won't give as I should. Other than that, perhaps, uh, I think that's the only uh, weakness that we could point to in this motivation because if we aren't aware of our blessings, we forget our blessings, then we tend to not be so thankful. And if my giving is driven only by how thankful I feel, then perhaps I won't give as I should. When we are grateful to someone for what they've done to us, it is natural to want to give to them. There was a man named George who lived in a rented room in a YMCA in Chicago. He, uh, he didn't have much at all. In fact, he had only one set of clothes, a one threadbare coat, and a pair of shoes that were in such bad shape he had rubber bands to hold the soles on. George would spend the mornings down at the precinct uh, napping at the, down at the 18th precinct they had a, a folding a metal folding chair in the in the back room that they would let him sit in and come out of the cold and take naps and there were a couple of officers there Katowski and Mitch who took a, a real interest in George 
and um, and they would, you know, give him a few bucks here and there, and they give him some coffee, and and um, and they looked after him, and then one day they found out that that Billy the Greek down at the G and W Grill was giving George a meal once a week. They felt better. They f- they knew at least George now had that. Well, it came about that it was Christmas time. Katowski and Mitch both invited, they got together their family for Christmas and they invited George to be their guest. Well, George couldn't believe that he had been invited to join their family Christmas. And he went to the house where it was and he ate a good meal and he enjoyed being with these families and, and then they all exchanged presents. And then to his surprise, they had a present for him. They said, here, George. And George said, for me? Yeah, yeah, it's for you. And he was just shocked. And, and he began to carefully unwrap the present so as not to tear the paper. My grandmother used to do that. And when he finally got it opened up, he saw the gift. And he said, is this really for me? And he said, it is. And with that, he put it back in the box closed the box, re-wrapped it, and said, can you take me to the G&W grill? Well, they did. They drove him down to the grill, and he walked in, and he found Billy the Greek, who gave him a meal every day. And he said, Billy, thank you. Merry Christmas. You see, that's natural, isn't it? When someone has been good to me, I want in turn to be good to them. And this is what Paul is saying. God's been so good to us. He's blessed us with everything we have, physically and spiritually. Sometimes we just are overwhelmed by that and out of thanksgiving, we want to give to Him. One more possible motivation for while we give and we're we're climbing in levels of maturity Motivation number five is worship. It's worship. And this is what I would call it's my nature giving. Uh, because uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 5, Paul uses the Christians in Macedonia as examples to the church in Corinth by putting out or pointing out their unique quality of giving. 2 Corinthians 8, 5. And this, not as we had expected, but they first gave what? Themselves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. What's the key to generous giving? When you first give, not your money, but yourself. One man said when he was getting ready to go into the baptistry, he said, I'm keeping my wallet in because I want it to be baptized too. It's my nature. And when I'm giving for that reason, now this truly is worship. We say that in worship there are five acts of worship, one of them being the giving. I would argue that it's actually worship if I'm just doing it because I think I have to. How about you? But when we reach this, this is truly worship. I am truly worshiping in my giving because of the motivation that it's coming from. 
The Bible says there are three things about giving. I want to share these with you real quick. Uh, it looks like, all right, yeah, we have a few minutes left. Number one, the Bible says giving is a confession of the gospel. Uh, and that we read in 2 Corinthians 9, 13. 2 Corinthians 9, 13, giving is a confession of the gospel. Also, uh, the Bible says that giving is an act of trust. In, uh, and we read that in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 through 19. Uh, you know, when I give to God, it is an act of trust in Him that I'm not going to go without and that there's going to be more later. Giving is an act of trust. And then one more thing, the Bible says that giving is an offering to God. Uh, we read this idea in Philippians 4, 15 through 18. And this has some Old Testament uh, ramifications to it where they would take something to the altar and they would put it on the altar and that would be their offering to God. And it would be burned up and they would never have it again. But that was their offering to God. And in our giving, what we give today in a monetary way or otherwise is our offering to God. And when we are giving for that reason, this is the highest level of motivation. This is when giving truly becomes my worship to God. That's the greatest strength, and there is no weakness to this motivation for giving. I'm giving from the highest possible motivation, and it's important for us in our own Christian lives, just as he said uh, that we ought to grow in this grace also, we want to improve in our love, our knowledge, and you know everything that related to our relationship with God, we should also want to continue to grow in our giving to the point that our giving feels good. Let me close this morning with a question. I said we would have comments and questions, but apparently somebody talked too much and we don't have time let me close with this question for you to just ponder if if God really owns everything if God really owns everything how would he rearrange your priorities think about that pray about that ponder that as we continue to think about giving that feels good